What we have lost in the commute is more than just time. Next on Remote Space. Hello? Uh, yeah, right. I'm sending that over in an hour. The meeting today? Another one? Hold on one sec. Enough! (laughs) Working from home not as much fun as you imagined? Remote Space explores the tools and philosophies we use as we work more remotely. We'll talk to experts who have mastered remote work, those studying the shift in how we work, and those learning on the run. Here's your host, Doug Thomas. Former reporters Natalie Singer Volusch and Lucas Volusch both work at Microsoft as writers and storytellers, chronicling the people and the data that tells us where we are and where we may be going. Natalie is a communications manager for Workplace Insights, Lucas a content program manager for the IT Showcase. And for a time, they were commuting together, a commute that stopped eight months ago when they started working from home in Seattle. Natalie, uh, Lucas, I I read somewhere that you call yourself unapologetic Seattleites. You don't mind the rain. You will be seen in fleece. That's okay. And you drink a lot of coffee. So I'm a native Northwesterner, so I have a very important question. Have you upped your home coffee game during (laughs) 2020? I think we already had a pretty high home coffee game, but we upped it a little more, I would say. We also upped our home cocktail game. Oh, the home cocktail game. I probably should have gone right there. Both of you work at Microsoft. Is it correct to assume you met there? Actually, we met at a newspaper in Palm Springs. We didn't meet at Microsoft. We're both journalists by training, and we met at at a newspaper. So you live, uh, if I'm correct, in Ballard in Seattle. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. We live in Ballard. And you guys commuted for a good amount of time together to Microsoft? Yeah, we did. So Lucas has been at Microsoft for many more years than I have been. I've been there the last few years. So once I started working at Microsoft, it made a lot of sense for us to go to work together. We actually don't work in the same building or even on the same campus, but we work somewhat nearby to each other in normal times, non-remote work times. Uh, Lucas, what was the commute like? What did you, you guys do work? Did you talk? Did you listen to the radio? Sometimes we would remember to turn on the news, but most of the time we would just chat and uh, catch up. And it ended up being a session where we could talk about the things that we didn't have time to talk about in our busy lives. So it was the first time we were able to sort of hang out and just catch up. It was uh, very different than all the years when I had commuted before on my own when I was driving by myself. Uh, so it was it was really nice. I'm not a good commuter, so... I very much hated the commute. And so I was, I've been so happy not doing that. So it was a nice change to have Natalie in the car with me. But yeah, the commute has always been hard. I totally agree. And, and uh, I, I have about the same length of a commute. And, you know, the worst thing was half the time was if you left at the wrong time, the main part of campus is a minute from the freeway, but that could turn into five or six. And it's like, oh my gosh, it hasn't even started yet. And I can't even move. Let's talk a little bit about then, as you said, that part about talking in the car, was that a benefit for you also, Natalie? Yeah, that was a huge benefit. And I actually, I've really missed the commute in these 
months, I don't know what we're in, month eight or month nine of this pandemic. I'm kind of losing count. I don't know. But <laughs> yeah. I've really missed the commute for that reason, mostly, and some other reasons. But just getting that time that was like a buffer between the work and the morning at home. And we have two kids. So mornings are hectic, you know, getting up, racing around, getting breakfast together, getting lunches together, making sure everyone's doing everything they need to do. It's really hectic. So having that buffer between that home scenario and then getting into work and either slamming right into your email box or slamming right into a meeting. I really liked having that, you know, 45 minutes or whatever it was in between just to create a buffer. And then I also really liked, like Lucas said, having this time, you know, because we're busy parents, we're busy professionals, and we don't always have time to sit down for 45 minutes and, you know, talk about like, okay, did you pay those bills? Uh, Where are we going to go on vacation for Christmas? Did you call your mom? Did we get the orthodontist appointment scheduled? Uh, What do you want to do this summer? Like all those things. This was a really good dedicated window where there's not much else to do because you're moving in a car. So you could either sit there silently listening to the radio, which sometimes we did, but mostly the only thing to do is talk. So we got a lot of talking done. And I really miss that because we don't have as much time for that anymore. And I would say that I, I miss it as well. Oh, my gosh. You could actually walk into the door and know what the plan was that night for your working with the kids where my wife has a seven minute commute. I have a half an hour and a good day commute. I would often get inundated with, you know, it was kind of open free range of what was going on. And the kids were involved with that. But you guys might have had a plan even when you walked in the door, which I would think would be beneficial. But yeah, it's true. We did use that time to to sort through things and figure out what we need to do. And our kids are older, so they're, they need to be taken you know, somewhere all the time, right? Um, I, there was a time when, when I was riding my bike to work and, and getting good exercise, and that's what the kind of commute that I really liked. But what we couldn't do it because our kids are so demanding as far as where they need to go and what they needed to do. And it was so hectic. And when we got to, to the point where Natalie started working at Microsoft, then it changed a lot of that and it made it, a lot more sane. And that, that felt like a big change. And when I, when Natalie asked me about this, you know, like, what's your first reaction when you think about the time that, that we lost on the commute together? I mean, I, my immediate reaction was, what? <laughs> I'm not, I don't miss that at all. But then and I was like, excuse me, <laughs> you know, once I started to think about it, I was like, yeah, I used to commute to Everett up north before I moved to Microsoft. And that was a hellacious commute and then going to Microsoft was a hellacious commute. And so, you know, I got to ride my bike for a few years and that was awesome. And that went away. And then I got back on the road back to the hellacious commute. So I just like, you know, that's all what's in my mind when I think of commuting. But when I had a minute minute to think about it, I, you know, I realized that there was a lot that we were able to do in that time that, you know, that we do miss. And it's something that you don't realize you have until you think about it and say, Hey, wow, you know, we missed something there. Yeah. Uh, how old are you, kids? They are um, 13 and 15. Oh, okay. So when you were working, sometimes they would be in the house on the, on their own. Yes? Yeah. The last, the last year or so, once they got, once our younger one started middle school, we were able to, you know, get breakfast, get lunch, and then get out the door so we could kind of beat the commute, beat the heavy part of the commute. And then the kids would be able to get themselves ready the rest of the way and then one would walk a couple blocks to her school bus and the other one would walk a couple blocks to school. 
So I have to ask, do the kids miss having the house to themselves? Probably. <laughs> we haven't asked that question. That's a good question. I don't know. Let's talk. Is there been anything that y- as a family that you've done or as two uh, working professionals that you've done in kind of going between work and home life and, th- and that balance? That's a good question. I think you think we would have figured that out already because it has been eight or nine months. But, you know, the first handful of months during this pandemic, when we all shifted to remote work, we were, I think we were all kind of in shock. And so we just like scrambled to continue being able to do the same tasks and maintain the same productivity as we had before. So just transfer everything to a digital life transfer work to all digital, transfer school to all digital, and just kind of focused on continuing to be able to do those things. And for me, and I think this is probably true for a lot of people, it wasn't until the summer that started to think about some of the things that were different than they have been before and whether I had intentionally allowed those things to change or whether it was just inertia or kind of like panic response. So I guess to answer your question, I don't feel like I've still uh, yet figured out, you know, what that buffer is. Like I basically roll out of bed and <laughs> kind of roll right into work now at home. So we haven't really replaced that. You know, there's not some other 45 minute or hour, hour and a half dedicated time during the day where we still sit down and say like, okay, it's our connecting time. Like let's do our planning and conversation and reconnection, we haven't really replaced that intentionally yet. We have some meal time, but that's it. But even that is tight windows. Like we'll like in the morning, getting things all together, rushing around. And then there's like 10 minutes where everything comes together and everyone sits down. So it's, it's a quick window. And then at lunch, we try to have everyone come down at the same time. But usually by the time the day is over and we're trying to have dinner, we do intentionally ask, you know, so what did you learn today? Uh, you know, try to have some intentional questions about drawing them out and having those conversations. But it's it really is like people are doing whatever they need to do quickly and then going back and plugging in. And the actual sit down time where we hang out during the day is pretty light until after everyone's done into the evening. And then there's this like exhausted hangout time, you know, everyone's sitting around trying to unplug. To me, that kind of leads into some of the work that you've worked on, Natalie. Uh, We've talked to several folks on your team of the Microsoft Workplace Insight team. Tell me a little bit about the team, because you've been looking into this commute time, which is in kind of this ghost we've been chasing of it disappeared. But the main thing is that switch from work to home. Yes. Yeah, I think that is the big thing. So I work in Microsoft's marketing organization, and I work on a few different products that basically deliver insights that help people and managers and leaders harmonize well-being and productivity. And so one of those tools is called Workplace Analytics. And the way that we use this tool is we can look at collaboration metadata that is like already exists as part of our everyday work, things like emails and meetings and instant messages. And by measuring those patterns, in how work is happening, we can measure change with data. Consider this kind of a live, living, ever-changing experiment in how work can shift and how people adapt. And let's see what we find out. 
And so we used our data tool to take a look at what people are doing during the, you can call them shoulder hours of the day, like 6 to 8.30 in the morning and 3.30 or 4 to 6 p.m. in the afternoon, the typical commute times, and see what's happening in those times. And then what we also do to kind of get context around that is we send out a survey, an anonymous survey to the people in the organization or group that we're looking at. And usually that's been a 400-person organization within Microsoft. And we can ask people questions, open-ended questions or ranked questions to see how they're feeling. And then, then we can kind of put those two data sets together and try to tell a story. So we finally were able to do that with Commute. And what we were wondering is, we know that previously, most people use their commute time mostly for things that were not work. Like, yeah, some of us would check an email, maybe if you're on the bus or have your email read to you or take a call. But most of us did like the kinds of things that Lucas and I did. You'd have a conversation or listen to music or you said, listen to podcasts. So that's commonly what people did. And when we took a look at how people are scheduling their time, like what the patterns are in terms of appointments, types of appointments that are scheduled in those shoulder hours. Now we found that all of that me time has basically become work time. And we classified time into different categories like work-related tasks, well-being-related tasks, and family-related tasks. And the time that was booked in the shoulder hours for work tasks was four times as common as time being booked for either well-being tasks or family-related tasks. So the data is basically showing like our experience, which is we used to have that time allocated for other things, and now we're pretty much just slotting work into that time. So we have to do something about shoulders and we have to like do (laughs) exercises to get our shoulders back. Yeah, pretty much. We need to exercise our shoulders better. Yes. Now, you have two kids that have uh, been in school now or uh, online school for a little over a month now. Is there better separation that you see in your home that they can separate that kind of stuff? It's interesting. They do. They're able to, I think, separate themselves. So they take downtime immediately, right? So it's because there's they're going to go do something for themselves. But, you know, maybe, unfortunately, on a device more than they used to when they might be hanging out with their friends. But they flip the switch. As soon as they're done with school, they're going to do something uh, online with their phones or read a book or do something else. So I think they're fine with it because they know when they're on and when they're not. So I, I think they're better at it than us, honestly. But I, I, I also wanted to give you an example of how it is at our house in the shoulders times. Because in the morning, I feel like we're using the shoulder time for our for our family because we're getting everyone going on their days, right? So, and we also, I think, have just been staying up late and getting up a little bit later, using a little bit of time to get up a little bit later than we would have in the past. And then really hustling around to get everyone going for the day with breakfast and getting everyone started at nine. And so the time window for everyone to really get going is nine. So we work back against that. And so that's all the morning. But in the, in the afternoon, I, for one, have put in a lot more time working. And my role has changed in the, you know, since this pandemic started. So I have more responsibilities too. But yeah, I've been, I would pick up a little bit in the evenings on the old 
world where if I had to leave at four and didn't get stuff done after things calmed down, I just, you know, do a little bit of work. And now I just dribble into five thirty and sometimes six o'clock and, and still trying to do a little bit more work, a little bit more work. So it's split for me. Um, I'm good in the morning, focusing on all those tasks I need to do to get everyone going afternoons. I'm not so good. I'm using that time to work more every day. I'm still going at, at five or just after, even on Fridays. Again, some of the things that, that your group Nelly though has been working on has been, can technology help in that, not making an absolute, but making something that's a, a mark in your timeline to help you change from work mode to life mode? Yeah. So we know two things. We know, first of all, there's a ton of research out there around how having this buffer time between home life and work life is helpful on a huge range of metrics. It's helpful to help us be more productive and focused at work. It's helpful for us to be more creative and innovative. It's helpful for us to feel like we have better work-life balance. So the research tells us that this buffer and the separation is really good for us. And then we know that people want it. So the other part of our research was a survey. And one of the things that we asked people in the survey was, essentially, if you were given one to two hours of time, extra time in your day, what would you choose, ideally, to use it for? And the responses came in and almost no one in this survey said, I would choose to use that time for work tasks. I think it was like, <laughs> you know, one person out of, out of 60 or 70. Almost everybody said that they would use that time. And this is like this hypothetical, idealized time that they would magically receive from the time fairy. They would use it for things like yoga, exercise, family time, reading, painting, playing games, decompressing, um, napping, all kinds of things. And then we asked them, okay, thanks for that response. In reality, since you switched to remote work, what are you actually using your recouped commute time for? And more than two-thirds of the people said that they were only using that time for work tasks. And the rest of those people, almost all of the rest of the other one-third, was doing a combo. And almost no one was using that recoup time for the type of task that they said they wanted to. So this was pretty fascinating because it confirms that people want this time. And it also tells us that they're not taking it for the types of tasks that they want to use it for. And there's um, someone on our team who's a behavioral scientist who pointed out that this goes directly to this phenomenon in behavioral science called the intention action gap. And it's basically like, yeah, we might want to do something like I want to lose weight. I want to set a new year, new year's resolution. I want to do X. I want to do Y. But oftentimes if there aren't structures or tools in place to help me, then I just don't do it. And in fact, in the survey that we sent, most people said, we, we also asked them, like, how did you reallocate your commute time on your calendar? Did you actually book time for something new? Or did you just try to mentally book time? Or did you just let inertia decide how you would use that time in the morning and the afternoon? And very few people actually booked the time. That's fascinating data. And again, that it just kind of shows that, you know, this intention action gap 
goes into psychosis of much larger project. And that's what, I mean, in some ways, that's what a pandemic does for everything. I mean, you guys, I know both have worked from home before. Have you ever, had you ever both worked from the same home at the same time? We had some overlap days where we tried to work from home. We, you know, we, we did try to coordinate, but it was just few and far between, but never, never like this, right? The thing I was going to say is that we did try to overlap Fridays, Friday work from home. But before the pandemic, when we did work from home Fridays, we would almost always take a lunch break and go out to lunch. And we'd take like a full hour and we'd go to a restaurant or go to a cafe, go somewhere. We'd walk somewhere. We'd drive the car somewhere nearby. And we'd take that nice long Friday lunch. And it was something that we both looked forward to. And now it's kind of fascinating because we're working from home every day. Of course, our going out options are limited, but we haven't had that kind of a relaxing lunch at all. We're still in the mindset that you're in when you're in the office, which is just churn, 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 one appointment to the next, meeting to meeting to meeting, grab something super fast in the cafeteria and get back to your desk. So I don't know why that is. <laughs> I mean, I remember at the beginning of the pandemic, uh, especially when when we started up this podcast, you know, we were looking to the people who had been doing working from home a lot because they were these gurus. And again, from what Lucas, you know, said that even though you had done this in some regard, there's nothing here that background of people would have studied something or been an expert at trying to deal it when. Not only is everyone at home, but the world has totally changed. And I'm curious to know, you know, how we step out of this and we start at some point, uh, hopefully next year, as we draw back into this world that hopefully people can not commute occasionally and um, be able to keep from and remember this time and how to cherish those those indicators that can save you to break up your day, to break up your schedule and to break up even mental health just to have those breaks. Yeah. So you asked me earlier about how technology can help us. And there are a lot of opportunities for technology to help in this space, you know, just like in, in many other spaces, areas of our lives. So I mentioned the intention action gap. You know, people want to do something, but they don't always pull the trigger. They're not always able to, to execute it and tools can help. So there are a couple of tools that come into play here that people can use, you know, in the now time and in the future hybrid time, whatever that turns out to be. One of those is this personal productivity insights app that's coming into teams right now this quarter, and it helps you book focus time. And so you can choose to book focus time for the times that, you know, you need it at work and make sure that you have that focus time. A lot of the reason that we see people during the remote work shift and the pandemic working late into the night and collaborating in the evening and working more on the weekend is because we're so overwhelmed with the intense additional collaboration that we're pushing aside other types of work like focus, deep work and email work and things like that in favor of collaboration because we're trying to meet the needs of our coworkers and our customers. So booking focus time for yourself can help to restore that balance um, in how you allocate your time. And then the other really exciting tool that's going to be coming in the first half of 2021 is called Virtual Commute. And this is a tool that people will see 
also available right in the flow of work in Teams. And it will allow you to create these mental bookends for your remote workday. And it'll make it easier, you know, to start the day productively and to end the day mindfully. And it will help you do some of those things that people previously chose to do on their commute. Things like reflect on the day and close out tasks and make a mental transition. So by having a tool to help you do that, hopefully it will help create these barriers and like it, it'll help people like Lucas set a time at 5 p.m. to go through this virtual commute exercise and even end with a like a mindful meditation experience and then get up <laughs> and feel like he's had that mental closure and then, you know, get up and walk one room over and suddenly be in the home life and the personal life with the right mindset to be able to unplug. So these kinds of tools are really exciting because we know we all want to do these things. We just need help. And I think from the conversation we've had, I mean, it's, it's, it is just those little things of that reminder. So the, the minutes and the hours don't slip. We have forgotten that, that moment to click off that four, that Lucas, that four o'clock, I better get on the road. This could help, you know, bring that back into your world, I would think. Yeah, I would think so. And some of us are need those little cues to get us to break, right? We need something that says now it's time to switch. And I'm one of those. And I'm, I know there are lots of people out there who, who will let the work go on and, and go, go on and on until something, there's some kind of forcing function. So these kind of tools can really help us and help me in particular. I was thinking in my mind as you were explaining that, Natalie, is that when I think about going back to work in a hybrid work, situation. Uh, We're almost, if we don't figure this out, some of us will probably be leaving to go to work to get a break so we can work a little less hard (laughs) than we've been working at home. (laughs) So so we better get it figured out because working at home is better than uh, going into work, in my opinion. So just need some tools uh, to make it work a little better so that we're not working too hard. Getting this right is really going to help us in a lot of different ways, including protecting the environment, when we don't commute, we take some smog out of the air and help the climate. And we also take some of the pressure off the other people who are out there fighting to get to work and not having to fight through bad traffic. So there's so many benefits to to us working from home more often um, that we don't always think about that help us. So figuring this out, making working from home work really well and solving some of these problems where we work too hard and too long and making this more of a permanent thing where we can work from home with more regularity is going to be a big benefit to all of us in many ways, not just in our personal lives, but also like helping each other out, uh, helping the planet out. So I I just think it's a great opportunity and I'm I'm glad we're working on some of these things to help make it work better. And we have this giant laboratory test case going. And at the end of it, I hope we have it really, really smoothed out so that it feels right to work from home just as easily as it does to go into the office. So this is all good stuff and I'm glad we're figuring it out. Well, thank you so much. Natalie Singer Volush and Lucas Volush are our former reporters, or as Lucas says, he's a recovering reporter. They work together in their own business. They've now uh, work at separate places at Microsoft. Thank you so much for sharing your personal and professional stories uh, with us today. Yeah, thank you. Thanks a lot, Doug. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast to hear more stories and lessons learned from those working in the remote space. 